All right, Jacob. 49 years ago today, the greatest kicker in the game, Adam Vinatieri, was born. What do you think? You know, many could argue without Adam Vinatieri, maybe Brady isn't who he is. So I think he's the greatest kicker of all time. Maybe the second greatest behind the great Sebastian Jankowski, but... <laughs> oh, you have me there. Le- high leading score, NFL scorer in the league, I believe. Something but- like that. Goat for sure. <laughs> well, hello, guys. Welcome to the Lowing Brothers podcast, where today we talk about some college football playoff formats, um, players opting out of bowl games, um, some NFL officiating, some some games that happened this weekend and NBA talking about kind of Ben Simmons and where, and where maybe he should go or what should be happening in that situation. But to start off today, we're going to be talking about the college football playoff format and maybe what we both think it should look like. Like I said, as of right now, as we know, there's, it's a four team playoff, a committee picks one, two, three, four, they set it up and that's how, and that's how it is. It changed from the BCS previous from that. Um, There is talks right now of them changing the format. So I think just to dive in right away, Jacob, what what's your output of what you think the, the college football playoff should look like? Yeah, you know, I changed my decision on what I want the college football playoffs to look like. It feels like daily. But today I've kind of decided that I like a 12-team format. I used to be a 16-team guy, but I've listened to Joel Klatt talk a lot lately, and I, I kind of agree with him. I I like the idea of making it 12 teams so you incentivize those big games at the end of the year because the top four teams get buys. Because, I mean, with with Georgia and and Alabama playing this year, that game mattered. Can you imagine if regardless of, you know, both of them knowing that they were going, whether win or loss, making the playoffs, you might sit a guy or two because, you know, a seeding doesn't matter quite as much. But but when you make the top four seeds matter, locking up one of those seeds gives you a buy. I like 12 teams for that reason. I also like giving six automatic bids to conference champions. So that gives us the power five and then the best group of five conference champion. You know, you could argue that in any given year, maybe the best group of five champion is only like a 24, 23 rank. But I like the idea of giving one of those little guys a chance, make them the 12, make them play the, make them play the best team, make them play number five and just give them a shot. So I like the idea of doing, of doing six and not and it's it and it's not five power five and then one and then one group of five it's six total so maybe two group of five teams outperform one of the one of the one of the power five teams and I'm okay with that so I want six automatic bids from conference champs and here's how I want the seeding to be decided I want there to be four polls I want the college football playoff committee to stay I hate them but I want them to stay I want the AP poll to factor in. I want the coaches poll to factor in. And I also want a computer poll. And I want them to all be factored in 25, 25, 25, 25%. And then I want the uh, then I want them to average. And then I want that to be the final rankings. I really don't like the idea of a committee of 12 athletic directors who work for the schools that they're seeding to decide who makes the playoffs. That doesn't make any sense to me. I think there's major bias there, and I wonder if they know what they're doing, no more than I do. But I'd lo- like I said, I'd like to see the, the sports writers who are watching and covering all these teams, the coaches who are coaching these teams who probably know more than anyone else, but there's also major bias because, you know, they're the coaches. And then I want a computer, a completely unbiased thing, kind of like the BCS used to do. But they can even use the same formula. I don't care. But that, that that's how I would like the seedings to be determined. So I want 12 teams. I want six automatic bids for conference champs, and then I want that four 
that four-tier method to be used to determine seeding. That's how that's how my um, ideal playoff looks. Okay. Um, I I agree with you. I'm not going to get into the whole how they should be picked. Uh, that that I, I'll let smarter people beyond me decide how how to pick that. <clears throat> um, I do agree. I think it should be 12. I, in my opinion, I I don't think anyone outside of number 12 could compete. And, and there's probably years you could. I mean, you can argue some teams can maybe upset here and there, but I I feel like there's always. I think 12 teams is the best way. And like I said, I, I like to reward the top four teams in the nation to get a buy. I, I think it makes, like you said, it makes it more competitive at the end of the year. Um, I, yeah, I makes it more competitive. makes some games like maybe say Ohio state, Michigan at the end of the year makes the game more important because even say if they put 12 teams, I mean, there's different ways you might have to take a game on the regular season, maybe shut down conference championship games. I, I, who knows? But I, I think just makes big games at the end of the season more important. I disagree with you on a non-power five team or a group of five to get an automatic bid. I think the the power five should get an automatic bid. After that, I don't I don't think you need to give a conference champion to a non or one of the group of five. I I feel like year in and year out we always see a non-power five team always in the top 16 you don't always do but i feel like more often than not we always just see at least one of those teams in there so i feel like we're, it's not going to be like right now we're, we're cincinnati's the first non-power five team not to, to finally make it into the college football playoffs i feel like even with 12 team i, sh- I might have said 16 prior to that my bad um but in the top 12 if you had 12 i, I believe you usually do see i mean you've had cincinnati this year cincinnati was last year ucf the previous couple years i mean you can always look even back to probably boise state those years i mean i feel like there's always at least one non-power five team that would would crack the top 12 to make it into that so i just think that there should only be five five automatic bids and after that pick your next seven and i and i i, I truly believe in that next seven almost every single year you're gonna have a non-power five team in there <clears throat> in my opinion that that's all i'm gonna go into i think it should be 12 teams five automatic bids with power five teams. And after that, I don't, I just think pick the next seven and roll with it. I don't have a huge problem with that. I just like giving a power five team. I mean, I mean getting getting, getting a G five team an automatic bid Cause I, I want to see one in there every year. Not saying they'll be competitive. We all, we know that the 14, 15 and 16 seeds in March Madness aren't going to be competitive, but it's about that every once in a while, or they do win a game is that makes it really special and, and fun. Right, it's not nearly as special and fun when you know, you know. I mean, Grand UCLA last year making a deep was fun, but it was way more fun to watch Oral Roberts win two games than it was to watch UCLA, UCLA go to the Final Four. It's about it's 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 about it's about guaranteeing the little guy a chance to succeed because I don't think they get a chance to succeed in the in, in the in college football right now. No, I I agree with you. The only way I would I would say that I think that give give a group of five team an automatic bid is if it went to sixteen, which I don't want to be a sixteen. And I, but because at that point, I, I don't know. I, I feel like at that point you can do that. I just feel like. But if you did fourteen teams and you have the top two a buy, would you be willing to give a? Would you be willing to give a G five team an automatic bid? I don't even want to talk about that because if if it wasn't twelve, I'd I'd rather prefer sixteen than fourteen. I, I okay. think fourteen stupid. I I think you should give the top four teams a a buy to start off the 
the playoffs. I don't think you should give the top two <clears throat> one. I, I so I'm not gonna go into that. I I just think twelve, power five, whatever. I I don't know what the people what the, the next playoff format's gonna go into. I hope it it's at least eight. I hope it doesn't go to six. Like I hope it's not this process where we have to go to six and then eight and then twelve and then maybe it stops at twelve or whatnot. I hope I hope we just make a big jump to twelve or eight or they should Six. go straight to 12. Honestly, I, I don't want to waste time and go to it. If they go to eight, that's stupid. Like, it's it's better than four teams, but, like, just make it the best system now instead of easing into it. Like, that, like that'd be, it'd be so stupid to go to eight. Yeah, I know. Well, like I said, I, I agree, but, I mean, it would still be better, in my opinion. It's better, but I'd still be mad that they're not doing what's best in the name of, I don't even know what in the name of, because I think we all know more teams is better to a certain extent. Yeah, because, I mean... Better for the fans, you get more games. And this is just the AP poll, clearly, but, like, this is what, like, this would be the 12 teams, if it was 12 teams. Clearly, you have Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, Cincinnati. Then you have Notre Dame, Baylor, Ohio State, Old Miss, Oklahoma State, Utah, Michigan State, and BYU. That's, that's according to the AP poll. But, like, I just think that makes it a lot more interesting. Because if you ask me, and even Oklahoma's 14 and Oregon, Pittsburgh, like, they're 13, 14, 15, whatnot. In my opinion, no, I'm not saying they might not beat Alabama or upset, but I feel like some of those teams could possibly compete and maybe win a couple games. I'm not saying they would win it. But that's what I, that's why I like seeing more teams. I feel like some of those teams could mix it up and have a chance. And, you know, not maybe not every year, but some of these 10-3 and three teams that are – ranked 10th, you know, they might have had an injury or something. A quarterback is injured for a couple games in the middle of the season, and they lost a game or two while their quarterback was injured or nowadays COVID and could have affected their season. Then they might be a better team, but with injuries and stuff, they might not be as good. And by the end of the season, you know, might have players that come back that help their team out that can compete. I mean, if, you know, yeah, that's what Alex was talking about Utah last week, saying they're the fifth best team in the country, which was – in my opinion, slightly ludicrous, but <laughs> yeah, that, that was uh, yeah, I think that was a load of crap right there. But you no, know, that's he's he's got his he's got his opinion. opinion I mean, he made that. he made good points. I'm I'm not I'm not here to I'm not here to talk crap about him behind his back. Yeah, but yeah, no, like I said, I just I just think it with more teams again. Clearly, I and I I, I don't think 16 because I just think it gets to be too much. I I think. 12 is perfect in my opinion because i think you like you said it rewards teams to try to get up to start get off a buy try to be one of those top four teams to get a to get a buy into it and in in that situation like you know and i'm not gonna lie we always argue about who should be number four right now like we'd be like oh there could be this year is pretty easy but like past years it's like oh this team this team you could argue for like three different teams to be number four or even Four teams would be three, four, five, six. Yeah, and that won't change with twelve because then we're gonna argue over number fourteen should be number twelve. But I'd, I'd rather have that argument than the argument we're having now. No, no, that's what I'm saying. But like, that's my point. I think it's gonna be we're gonna all be our, over number twelve because number say there went to twelve. There's how many teams that have two losses or three losses or, and at that point you, you could be arguing that oh, it's like oh, it is a ten and three Oregon team. Better than a twelve and one Louisiana Lafayette team, like that. That's going to be the argument now. Is just yeah. Regardless of where you draw the line, there's going to be problems. But 
at that point, you're probably not arguing wins and losses. You probably are at, at when you get that far back. You're probably just looking at them, being like, okay, who's the better team? You're probably not getting into it as technical things as one through four as we do nowadays. But <clears throat> yeah, that, but, that definitely better problem to have for sure. Yeah, but well, talking about Alex's just absolutely horrendous pick of Utah being number five. Let's move on to talk about Utah Ohio State Rose Bowl game. And just the main opouts that we've seen so far is Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson opting out of the Rose Bowl. So, Jacob, two questions. How do you think that game plays out now? And what's your opinion on players skipping bowl games to prepare for the NFL draft? Before this, I had Ohio State winning this game, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of teeter-tottering here because Ohio State's still very good. But without those two guys... I, I'm not sure I think C.J. Stroud is all that good without three first-round um, picks, you know, throw, you know, throwing the ball, too. So, I'm, I'm going to take Utah now. I'm, I'm going to say that right now. I'm going to take Utah now just because I'm not all that confident in C.J. Stroud. As I said, and like Alex pointed out, Utah is playing well. When it comes to players skipping out on bowl games, this is kind of something I've changed my mind on in the last couple years. I, I used to not like it. Because as a fan, you want to see those guys play. Then I realized that's kind of selfish of me. These guys are really just looking out for themselves. And I, I, I will never fault anyone you know, for trying to make the best decision for themselves. You can make the argument that they're not being team players. But do you want, do you want something to happen like Jake Butt and Terry ACL in the bowl game? In a bowl game that doesn't really matter. If you're going to skip the college football playoff, then you know I have something to say. But with these bowls that are essentially just a way so you can get one more game in and play a big game at the end of the year, I don't really have a problem with it, honestly. Like I, I'm not going to fault these guys for looking out for themselves and you know trying to make sure that their stock stays where it is. I mean, for a lot of these guys, I mean, Olave and Wilson don't have anything to prove. They're going to go. One of them is going to go top twenty. The other one will go. The other one will go top twenty-five. And I don't think a big bowl game is going to change that any. So I, I think they're just making. You know, a personal decision. I don't have a problem with it. I personally would play, but like I said, I'm I'm, I'm not going to hold it against these guys for not playing. Yeah, no, I I want to come out and say like, yeah, I I think Ohio State's still going to go in there and win. It's <clears throat> it's it's tough. I mean, I, I think it'll be a, a closer game because I thought with I thought Ohio State was going to I thought they're going to win by a couple touchdowns or whatnot to start. <clears throat> when everyone's playing, but I, I think this is an opp- opportunity to see some of these because yeah, they have a lot of Wilson. They're big, big names, but Ohio state has wide receivers that have came up um, from the years that from the past, like past recruiting classes that are supposed to be dudes. Like last year, I don't going to butcher this guy's name, but Amika Ejabuka. I don't know what the hell, however you say his name, but he he is a freshman that came into Ohio State this year, the number one wide receiver in the nation last year, according according to uh, recruiting class, you know, the, the classes. So like, this guy hasn't seen much on the field. I just I just think they have a lot of good wide receivers underneath them that have been ranked high in the rankings. That I, I think we'll be able to see if, uh, and I understand Wilson and Olave are dudes, but I think they have dudes that are coming up. I think I think we'll have a good look into what Ohio State's going to look like next year by watching this game, having some of these players come up and play. Um, going on to about 
people not playing in bowl games. I've always, I've, I know you've changed. I've always been the thought of, I like it because well, one game. Yeah. If, if Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave, I think if they have a really great bowl game, I don't think it changes if they get drafted higher or lower in my opinion, maybe a pick or two. I think right now what they've played, how many, like a lot, they've been at Ohio state for how many years? Like I think people know what to expect, what they know. But I don't think one bad game or one really good game will change much for them. So why risk getting injured that last game? And in my opinion, I, I think them leaving and any, anybody else that, and I should say, if you're going to be drafted in the first round, especially I say, I wouldn't, why would you play? I understand. Like you said, Oh, for the team, but like if you're gonna if you're expected to be drafted in the first round, why would you? I don't think if if you're gonna be like a third or fourth round pick or something like that, and you say ah, I'm not gonna play, at that point maybe I'm considering like why wouldn't you play? I mean maybe maybe for those types of players maybe a really good bowl game against a good team could change their draft stock, but then again a really bad game could do the same thing. But especially for, for these first round draft picks, and like I said, I've been looking. Wilson projected to go like top, top fifteen. Alave's, you know, top twenty. Maybe they're both expected to go first round. So I, I don't blame them at all for leaving to go play. To, to I mean, to not play to go straight to the draft. Yeah, like I said, I mean, like I, like I said, I, I personally, as a fan, I want to see these guys play, but I won't judge them for you know making a decision that is best for their long term goals. I. As a selfish person myself, I don't blame anyone else for being a little selfish every once in a while. I don't blame any coach for chasing bags. I don't blame any athletes for chasing bags. We're all just trying to do what's best for our families, you know, 10 generations from now. So whatever these guys think to think is best for them, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to fault them on those decisions. Like I said, I mean, if, if it was a huge deal, I mean, the coach, the coaches are the coaches ever make a big deal out of it because I think yeah, the, the, these coaches know that they're just making the best decision that they think they can make for themselves, and they don't have a problem with it either. So I don't know why I, I, I should. Yeah, I know. Like I said, and that's the thing. They're doing the best for themselves, and they, they have dudes that are underneath them that I'm pretty sure. Like I, I think we'll have a great look into what Ohio State will look to, like to see. And they're a young and Hopefully team, it's ugly. And Yeah, well, hopefully it's – very impressive to my well i don't know this but they had a lot of great they're a young team like defensively they got the number two d lineman in the nation last year um they got the number number one inside linebacker last number one running back will trayvon henderson like they they got a lot of dudes last year jacob granted the the number one quinn ewers edwards whatever he's leaving to go back to texas but they got four of the top 10 players in the nation last year on their team. They'll be talented. And they like, they're going, they're, they're a very young team right now. And I think, I think next year looking forward, I, I think it, I think it'll be good. I know we're talking about Ohio state, but you know, I, you know, you know me with Ohio state, I got to I got to show them love and I got to, I got to talk about them when I can since my little disappointing season, 10 and two, 10 and two Ohio state disappointing season. How, yeah. I wish I could, I wish that, I could say the same. Say what's that like, Jacob? I wish I could also say that a quarterback who finished third in the Heisman was our worst quarterback we've had in the last five. Yeah, no, isn't isn't that crazy? That, <laughs> and that's the thing. I uh, like you said, I with these wide receivers being dudes on their team. I think 
we'll see next year if the, the wide receivers coming up are dudes or maybe CJ Stroud. Well, I think I think we'll learn a lot about Ohio State next this this game and early next season. But moving forward, talking about people leaving and going to the NFL draft, let's talk about Ben Simmons in the NBA. There's been he's been sitting out for how this whole season from their NBA their playoff run last year. A lot of people putting a lot of blame on Ben Simmons. He hasn't been playing at all. I don't know where to start with this, Jacob, talking about Ben Simmons with you, but what what do you think about the Ben Simmons situation necessarily? And do you think they should trade him? And if you think so, like where to or like where do you think the best fit or what, what's your overall opinion on the situation? They need to shop him. And I don't and I think they're asking for too much. I don't know what they're asking for, but the fact they haven't struck a deal so far tells me that they're asking for too much for him. At this point, if you could just get him off your roster, get a good role player, and then clear up your salary cap so you can sign a guy next season, that would be fine. They're not having a great year this year. They're already playing without him. They might as well find someone who can replace him, get some good minutes, maybe find a younger guy, maybe get a pick or two for him, move on, and then just essentially just trade him for the cap space. I, I mean, I just don't see what good keeping him on the roster and trying to be aggressive in the trade market is doing you at this point. And he's clearly, it's clearly not working. I mean, Joel Embiid has voiced his discontent with his relationship with Ben Simmons and how he has as a basketball player. So it's just, it's not going to work there. So they got to shop him. They got to shop him now. And I think they need to lower the price. What about Joel Embiid? You just talked about his frustration with him for, and then towards the end of the season and stuff like that, he starts talking him up. He's just like, he's like, oh, he's not to blame. Like he's a great player. I hope he comes back. How about him trying to be the manager for the the 76ers there, trying to be like, oh, we want him gone, but I'm going to talk about him, be like, it's not his fault, he's a good player. Try, trying to make his worth a lot, lot, you know, try to make his worth bigger. Try to be like, hey, he's not bad, guys, come take him. Joel B, like, after coming out and just kind of almost putting the blame to him and then just seems like he's just taking it off. Um, I think they should go away with him too as well. Um, yeah, I... I don't know. In my opinion, I think he should get. I think they should trade him to the the Nets for Kyrie Irving. I think the Nets are a good fit for him. I think getting Kyrie off that team is great for the Nets. I don't know how the trade happens. I don't know what the asking price is for Ben Simmons or not, but I I think that'd be a, a great fit. Put Ben Simmons on on the Nets. He could. He doesn't need to score. Unlike the Seventy Sixers, there have been times they think he needs to score, put the ball in the hoop. The Nets, he doesn't. You got Ky, He's got not Kyrie, Harden and Durant on his team. He could just. He's a great point guard, great defender. I, I think that fits well with him. Just let him distribute the ball to where it needs to go, and great fit right there, in my opinion. I just think it's been a, a whole mess. Ben Simmons and Kyrie, maybe just. I don't. I don't know the COVID. COVID rules in Philadelphia are here and there in different places. They're assuming they're all probably close to the same, but I think just trade them, get them away, and just move on yeah i think they i think they both need to move off him but i i have a tough time seeing that happening because like i said i i'm not sure kyrie irving is someone that the sixers want with everything that's happened he might be a good fit because you know the sixers play good deep and they need someone that can score but i i'm like i said i i think one of the appealing things about trading simmons is, is just getting rid of the cap and maybe having a little more leeway with who you're signing next year in in, in, in the summer Yeah, I don't know. I, I I agree with you there. Um, 
I don't know. I have nothing much more to say. I, I just think for Simmons, the best fit is in is at the Nets. I do think that's. I think that's a great fit, honestly. If you could get him to the Nets and not have to and, and not get Kyrie back, and honestly not ask for much, and that like like I think they need to get a three team. I think they need to get three team deal going on. They need to get. They need to get Ben Simmons to the Nets. The Nets need to get rid of Kyrie and send him somewhere else. And then whoever that third team is can include whoever send them to send them to the Sixers and you know everyone can wash their hands of whatever. Someone gets Kyrie, the Nets get a great fit with Ben Simmons. They get someone who can actually play some defense and a little bit of, you know, and some size. So I think that will be. I think that would be a good way to work it out. But I mean, we all know uh, we can all play armchair GM all day. But we'll we'll see where he goes if he goes. Yeah, it's easier to talk about it in, in our seats than uh, the other people. All right. You know, I I think that's probably that's probably enough NBA for the day. We can we can we can transition into a, a, a little more football here, and we can talk about. A little bit of officiating in the NFL. There's been a lot of, let's say, controversy for the last uh, probably 10 years about the officiating in the NFL. I mean, we had the replacement refs with the fail Mary. But, you know, I don't know how many years ago that was, but that was a while ago. That, that was a Golden Tate played for the Seahawks. And, you know, and then you had a couple years ago with, with a Bosch pass interference call costing the Saints a game in the playoffs. And then and then last week when the Seattle played and the, and a Bosch pass interference call against the Rams, you know, cost them down the stretch. I mean, it, it just kind of has me thinking a little bit on how, you know, how can we improve Wait, can, how efficient the NFL? Can, can I, uh, I just want to ask a quick, quick question on you quick here before you dive deep in, because I'm going to let you take over on this officiating stuff of what you think. Um, So clearly the Rams Saints was the big, pass interference call they brought in pass interference into the into reviewing and now they kind of they took it away and then it was <clears throat> last week there was i can't remember god what i can't remember what game it was that there was another pass interference oh it might have been a seahawks game probably was that yeah what i there was a pi call that Probably it was the Seahawks game. Like, there was a PI call that probably should have been called. But, granted, the Seahawks were down by touchdown, but it get, loses them the chance to. If that's reviewed, it probably gets overturned. I, before you go into officiating, and I'm just going to ask you this one question, then you can go into whatever tangent you want because I'm going to let you take over on this. Do you, do you think it should be reviewable pass interference or or not? I think okay. In the current system, I think everything should be reviewable. Like I think, oh, should, no. like I, 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 here's the deal: you you don't change the amount of challenges, so the game's not going to take any longer than it normally would. Like I want you to be able to review everything, if if not everything, stuff that is like clearly, you know, like an an, uh, an objective call. Like like I want you to be able to look at pa- and I know the, the reason they took it away is because pass interference calls, you know, hardly ever got uh, you know overruled that year. But the few that did, you know, normally matter. And it's about getting those few right. Like, I don't see why we should take away the rule because because it's not being used successfully. Like, like I don't like that. But I don't like the current system. Here's well, what I, here's, well, okay, when you say review everything, you're saying even the the booth, like, 
the fish, the officials, like they can come and they can review anything. Or are you just saying the coaches can throw the flag in at any point and they can say, I want to review this call on this play. I don't want, I don't want the booth to be able to review. Like I want the booth to just be able to view what it does now. Basic stuff like where the ball is placed. Is it a catch? Is it not a catch? Touchdown, no touchdown. Basic stuff like that. I want stuff like pass interference to only be challengeable. Like I want you to be able to throw a challenge flag on a hold on a defensive hold, an offensive hold, on the line, don't you be able to throw a flag on, a, on, on, on like how many of those roughing the passers calls do you think would get would get overruled if you could throw a flag on them? Because some of them are you know, some of them are ridiculous. You know, you know what, brother? You saying that I actually love I love what you just said there. I haven't really put my thought onto it, but what you just said there, I love it. Let, give the give the refs their there's just same normal things of the simple stuff and then coaches can throw a flag on anything they want i i honestly i love that now i'm gonna shut up now i'm gonna let you take over and, however you want to go you know, like i want you to be able to throw your red flag and the thing is you, you still only get your two challenges so you have to you can't just be throwing your flags all game long because you think you're because you think your defensive tackle got held you know like i don't i don't i don't want to be happening but like i want like i want you to, be able to throw a flag to be like hey you know, it was it was third and ten, and they just had a forty yard play. But I know my defensive end got held. I want you to be able to throw a flag on that. You know, throw you know throw your challenge flag out. Like I want you to, be able to throw your challenge flag out. You know, on pass interference. I want you to, be able to throw your challenge flag out on a stupid roughing the passer penalty. Like like I want you to, be able to throw your flag out for anything like that. Like I said, it, it shouldn't make the games last much longer. And I'd rather have the games last an extra five minutes and be able to challenge that stuff than get the game going because you make a crappy thing. But an alternative to that, which is something that I, you know, I've seen a little bit of, but I think needs more traction, is I think there needs to be a couple of sky refs. Okay. There needs to be a couple refs sitting up in the booth, you know, watching the games, and like every time a ref, you know, throws a flag, I want them to ping up to the booth and say, "Hey, I got a hold on 67." It'll take five seconds, and then the booth rings down and said, you're good, and then, and then they go and they call it. Like I said, it, 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 won't, it won't take any extra time because they have to get up and – because every, every time they throw a flag, they get up and huddle for 10 seconds anyway. Ah, uh, see, here's the thing. I don't – I don't like that. Or, or, or like on like that pass interference call, like the, like the skybox refs can, can, can buzz down and go, hey, yeah, you missed a – and like I said, I don't want them to be overruling every single time. If it's little, but like, but, but like, I want I want a sky ref to be able to beam down on something obvious like that and go, hey, you missed this, call that. No, see, I, I don't like that. I, I like everything you said up until that point. And my point is that like, I think it just takes it's, it's that stuff's part of the game. Is is you know like you, we can get talking later about electronic re, um umps in baseball. Like, I just think that's just the call. It's just the call the refs make. I don't think they should have to make a call and. Every time have to report up and or over here and be like, "Yep, that's the right call. Go make the call." Well, so I'm saying. Think... No, I'm just. But just my point is. So say they throw his flag for for holding and up in the they go to the sky rep the thing and they're just like, "Nope, that's not holding." So then they they stop the play anyways and just to say, "Oh, there's no holding on the play. Sorry, you know, whatever." I, I don't like that. Oh, see, I well, I mean, and like, here's the thing: is I get that mistakes are part of the game, but I I don't want, and like I said, like it would only be if it was clear and obvious. I mean, I mean, I mean, like the sky refs aren't gonna watch replays from thirty different angles. Like I said, um, like they'll they'll you know, like they're watching the play, they're watching the replays, and and like I said, if it's not obvious that something is wrong, they won't do anything. No, no. um, like I don't, 
Like I said, like I don't want them to have to beam up every single time. Like I said, it's not like a false start; they're not going to stop. But like, like they said, like how many holes do you call in a game? Six or seven? Like it's not going to slow the game down all that much. Yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't. <clears throat> I still, I, I like your point where you can, uh, no, coaches can throw a challenge flag on whatever they want, like, literally anything they want. Yeah. I like, I like that part, but the whole. I don't like the Skyros. I just think that whatever the call in the field is a call in the field. And at the end of the game, if the coach has a challenge flag and there's a holding call or roughing the passer call they don't like, they can throw that. In in general, I like that. Plain and simple, just leave it at that. Yeah. But I would I would be okay with either or. I think I'd rather see the Sky refs just because I think that's a cool concept. But yeah, well, who knows where it'll be ten years in the future right now about officiating or whatnot. But I mean, well, speaking. Well, speaking about, like I said, I don't know, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but speaking about officiating kind of games, the Seahawks kind of whatever last week, let's talk about Russell Wilson. This, the Seahawks lost this week to the Bears. The Bears went for two at the end of the game. I think it was a ball. I think it was a great decision. I think Nagy's just trying to save his job, honestly, going for two like that. I think his job, I think he's gone after the season no matter what anyways. I mean, if you have four wins, why not? If you don't get it, you get a better draft pick. If you do, you win. Yeah. I mean, like, it, 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 it's a win-win. Like, just yeah. like, be aggressive and have fun. Yeah, I know. I, I like that decision, but. So the Seahawks lose again. Jacob, I know you're a Seahawks fan and whatnot. What do you think, what do you think the future is for the Seahawks and Russell Wilson? Does Russell Wilson stay with the Seahawks next season or is he gone? I would like to see Russell Wilson stay, but honestly, every game, I wonder if he's the right fit for this team. Um, I, I, I never thought I'd say that even going to this year. Like last year, when, you know, when the trade rumors were happening, I was just, you know, depressed every day because I never, I never wanted to lose him. He's my favorite football player. You know, he's been, he's been Seattle's quarterback, you know, since, I don't know, for eight or nine years. That, that, that's a third of my life. Like Russell Wilson is all I know. <laughs> as it, it was, it, it was Matt Hasselback, a weird stint there with Tavares Jackson, and then Russell Wilson. I mean, it's, it's, it's. But my problem is, is you know, every week, I mean, you see, I mean, he has a complete, you know, blindfold on when it comes to he he won't throw short routes, which I think is why the offensive line has looked so bad over the last few years is because is, is because he he sits in the pocket for way too long and he runs around like a chicken with his head cut off trying to trying to find the trying to find the big throw because that's what he's best at best at he's best at making the big throw but I think he's he sits around for too long he won't throw it to his check downs I like I mean and and you see this every week on 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 Reddit I I, I love using Reddit as a source but I mean people tweet you know not tweet you know they'll post stuff from Twitter, you know, with, with all the open open receivers he's missing on those short to intermediate routes because he just won't throw them. And I don't know if that's a system problem. Like I said, I mean, and I don't think Seattle has ever ran a system beneficial to Russell Wilson except for his first couple of years when he when he was young and they had Lynch. But after Lynch was gone and the line wasn't as good, you know, the, their offense hasn't been as modern as it needs to be. I, I'd still like, here's the thing, I'd rather him stay and have them be able to figure out the offense. I'd like to see Russell Wilson hit those short, shorter, shorter routes like Drew Brees did. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, like a lot of people are like, well, Russell Wilson can't throw the short routes. He's short. I mean, so was Drew Brees. And Drew Brees broke records on, 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 on throwing quick slants to Michael Thomas. And, 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 you know, and then when they overcover those, he go long. I mean, it's, it's, 
it works, but like I said, Russell Wilson just kind of refuses to make those easy throws, and it gets a little frustrating after a few years of that. And like I said, I don't know if that's his fault. I don't know if he's been. I don't know if he knows that he's missing those, or if he's just blind to them or not. But like I said honestly, like I'd still be upset if he if he left. But at this point, if we could get three or four draft picks and get a get a get a younger quarterback, maybe fit the system better. I I don't think I I don't think I'd complain. I hate to see him go because I love him. You know, he's been a go Hawks guy since he showed up. It really would be a shame to see him go. But we 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 got our ten years out of him at the same time. Well, so. Where do you think? And don't you, don't you, don't don't put this in your Seahawks like oh this would be a good place because we could get this guy's guy just for Russell Wilson. Where do you think the best fit for him is? I I see a lot of people saying the Saints, but there, they'd be the same problem there. The Saints are the Saints are kind of a short pass, dink and dunk, throw it to Kamara type of team, and so I I don't really think he'd work there. I'm not really sure where he he'd work. I mean I honestly maybe the Packers. The Packers, maybe, I'm thinking, well, like, I mean, I'd say the Bears, but I don't know why the Bears would, I mean, they pretty much have a younger Russell Wilson and, and, and Justin Fields. I, I I don't think they need to move off of Fields anytime soon. Well, maybe. brother, he, here's here's where I'll give you an opinion, because I actually have an opinion on this one. And the, the whole inside of the what Russell Wilson is as a player and the, him and the Seahawks, I don't know. And maybe you might disagree with me here. I don't know. I think a good fit for Russell Wilson is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And let me tell you why. Okay. I, I just feel like it's kind of the same, almost the same system. I mean, Ben Rutherford, he's out. I mean, he should have been gone like three years God, ago. In my opinion. He's terrible. Like he should have been gone. I don't know how long ago. And he, he kept coming back and coming back. So Steelers have this amazing defense. They have a great defense. TJ Watt, <clears throat> who's just outstanding like he's he's a, he's a dude on the defense end the Steelers defense granted I know the Chiefs what they just did to him but you know that's the Chiefs <clears throat> whatever but the Steelers have a, a solid defense and they have a solid running game with Najee Harris does that sound familiar Jacob with the Seahawks with having beast mode with as a running back and then having a strong defense I mean as a quarterback when you have a strong running game and a good defense it puts a lot of lot less pressure on the quarterback. And I know the Seahawks don't have just ungodly wide receivers, but I mean the Seahawks. I don't necessarily think they've had they had ungodly wide receivers in their their two three year reign there. I mean they got Chase Claypool. I mean, God freaking TikTok star. What's his nuts? Juju Smith Schuster. Juju Smith. I hate that guy, but I mean he, he he's decent guy. I mean he has people around him to throw the ball to. In my opinion, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are a great fit for Russell Wilson. Just be based off of said, good defense. They have a running game with Najee Harris. Najee Harris is a good, a good running back. The thing is, their offensive line needs a little bit of readjustment and work on for the Steelers. But like, I, I in my opinion, that's that's what I'm gonna give you. I know so you don't know, but I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are a good fit for him. And you might not even thought of that, or maybe. You wouldn't even think about. I didn't even think about. I, I didn't either. Talk honestly, about I know people think about the Bears and the Saints and whatnot, but like the Steelers. That's in my opinion. I just think the Steelers because I think Big Ben. I think he's come out and said that he's done after this year, and I just think with that defense, a running game like that, you have decent wide receivers. Clearly, they're not like, and also Mike Tomlin. I mean, you got Mike Tomlin, who's clearly just been. Uh, he's one of the best coaches in the in the league. 
I think you put that all together. I think it's a great fit for him, and I think the Steelers turn around pretty quickly with Russell Wilson on this team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and the question would be is, the most important question is, who does Russell Wilson think is the best fit? Because they can't trade him anywhere without his permission because of his no-trade clause. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, he, he needs to want to go where you send. Well, like I said, and honestly, I, I, don't, I don't think Russell Wilson wants to go. But, I mean... I think I think both parties, you know, you know, the front office and Russell Wilson have kept kind of came to the conclusion that there that there might be better fits el- elsewhere, and maybe Seattle's better off just moving on and trying to rebuild because I don't see how the roster right now can be successful. Yeah, well, Seahawks have they have slowly have gone downhill since not running the ball on in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I mean, outside of you know, in the last twenty years, the only team with more winning seasons is the Patriots. So I mean, if we have a if we have a down season, I'm not going to complain. I've been relatively spoiled in my lifetime as a Seahawks fan. So you know, if if they're going to be down, I mean, they were they were pretty they were pretty down for four or five years there when I was younger, and then you know after they got Russell Wilson, it all turned around. So maybe maybe we need to, maybe they just need to do that again and you know just kind of restart. Yeah, I know. And and supposedly this offseason one he did supposedly request a trade run. His, his four teams that he said were the Dallas Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, and the Chicago Bears. So those are the four teams supposedly. I mean, he came out later saying like, oh, I didn't request no trade or whatever the whole situation was well, I think there. he requested like, trade, but I think he said, if you're going to trade me, I won't waive my no trade clause unless it's to these teams. So don't even bother. Yeah, and like I said, Russell Wilson, you know, Clearly, the Cowboys aren't taking him. I mean, why? Maybe if they could get a straight up trade for Dak for Russell Wilson. I mean, you love to see it, but why would the Cowboys trade Dak? And like I said, like I'm the, not, I'm not even sure at this point that Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than than Dak. Last year, I mean, last year I would have said Russell Wilson's a top three quarterback in the league, but he just like he he's really slowed down at the end of last year, and it, and it's just it's just because of that deep pass tendency. I mean, I mean, teams figure out if you just keep a safety over top and keep him from going long to Lockett or DK, like what else is he going to do? Yeah, well, I think part of that reason is, Jacob, I don't think CX running game is, has been ha- as it's been, and that's my part point. Well, it's injury-ridden. <clears throat> when Chris Carson is good, they're good, and outside of that, they've 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 flopped on a bunch of running backs that haven't worked out. So, oh yeah, but the, but I'm saying, as we all know. When you have a great running game, the passing game opens up a lot more because you can do a lot more things when you can run the ball well. And I, I just think if he finds a team that can run the ball well and play defense, I think he has a good fit. And like I said, I I highly doubt it. I don't think we're going to see Russell Wilson with the Steelers. I honestly hope not because I honestly don't really don't like the Steelers. But I don't. I still have a vendetta against him from when beat the Seahawks back in the Super Bowl in like 2005. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I think that's a good fit for him. I don't know, but I, I guess we'll see looking forward of what happens with him. I think he, if you had to give me, is he gone or not? What are you going to give me? Cause if I have I think he's gone next season. I don't think he's with the Seahawks next season. I think there's about a 55% chance that he leaves. I think it's super teeter totter right now. Hmm, I can't believe you're even that right now. I, I think he's gone. I don't even think there's a question about it. I just think for how the season has gone. I think he wants to be a Seahawks and I think the Seahawks want him, but like I said, I think I just think it's I think they're I think they're both gonna realize it's just time that they both go their own separate ways and Russell starts somewhere else and the Seahawks try to start 
start over again. I said, I've said, I mean, and, and, and I don't think there'd be any hard feelings on either side. I just think it's a difference in ideology and system and fit. And like I said, we, you know, they've had nine good seasons of Russell Wilson, including two trips to the Super Bowl, one win, and one goal line dive away from back to backs, and then a lot of successful seasons after that. So, like I said, I yeah. mean, if you could get like if. If, if, if you could get a quarterback for nine years and you knew those were going to be your results, you wouldn't complain ever. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't, I don't think there'd been any complaints there, but well, I think that's the end of our show guys. Uh, thanks. Thanks for listening. We'll probably be back. We probably won't actually Jacob and I will be in Nashville this weekend. So we, we won't do a show probably till next week again, but Probably start next week. We'll get back into the swing of things, doing it twice a week, whatnot. We'll probably have some college basketball to finally talk about. I mean, some games actually happening. Hopefully, maybe they don't all get canceled like they have been previous to this day. A lot of good games have been canceled, but I I, I can't imagine we'll be back this week. Do you, Jacob? I don't foresee it, but I do look forward to talking about Michigan's big victory next week. So, oh yeah, I guess we'll have a lot of talk about after those. Uh, after we watch Michigan lose in a bar in Nashville, then then we can talk about what what we think. Huh? Doubt it. Doubt it. But victory, like said, victory thanks. will be ours. Oh yeah, O H I O baby. <laughs> Go Bulldogs. Go Blue.